Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's installment of Rated LGBT Radio, and I am your host, Rob Watson, and we are on the air with you. Um, very exciting show today. Uh, uh, we have, I'm actually completely tongue-tied because this, the show, this gentleman is spearheading and on is absolutely phenomenal. We have the one and only Deshaun Wesley, the king of Vogue, star of HBO Max's legendary, um, is in our house and waiting in the wings, and we will be talking to him in just a minute. Um, uh, Deshaun, the show, first of all, is just spectacular. I mean, this show makes Dancing the Stars looking like a bunch of privileged white people just kind of tripping up over each other. I mean, it is so powerful and um, uh, enthralling. I mean, it, it, anyway, you have to go see it. You have to subscribe to HBO Max if you don't have it. Um, but it is the show legendary. And it's not only just the, the show itself that is um, powerful and thrilling and artistic and um, all of those things, but it also represents a really rich legacy behind it of the whole ballroom culture in New York City and um, the houses behind that and how the houses came to be. Um, you know, it's like this is a legacy that has been um, immortalized in the movie Paris is Burning. Um, it is obviously uh, the backdrop behind the, the hit show Pose, um, of which, by the way, uh, Deshaun was an actor in, in that show, playing a character called Shadow Wintour. Um, so anyway, uh, super, super exciting stuff. Um, can't wait to talk to him. Uh, first, I'm going to bring on my illustrious co-host, Brody Lebeck. Brody. How are you doing today? Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon to all of our uh, listeners and subscribers uh, across the globe, be it morning, afternoon, or evening. We appreciate uh, you uh, coming and listening to us each week. Um, I want to take this uh, particular week and make a special note since we're within basically one week of Pride. Uh, many of the Pride events uh, – are going to still be a mix of uh, mostly virtual with some in-person here in Los Angeles. Uh, that's not much different. Uh, but even more so, I wanted to kind of uh, take note of a rather somber uh, anniversary. Uh, on June the 5th, as Pride Month starts, um, 40 years ago, the Centers for Disease Control uh, released a report detailing the mysterious deaths of five gay men in Los Angeles. And at the time, what nobody realized was that would be the beginning of the global AIDS uh, pandemic. Dr. Michael uh, Gottlieb, who co-authored the first CDC report with Dr. Joel Weissman, um, told PBS Frontline in 2012 that the first five patients were white, the next two were black, and the sixth patient was uh, from Haiti. Um, and then there was a seventh uh, patient who was a gay African-American uh, here in Los Angeles. And I'd like to kind of take a minute and kind of 
uh, pay tribute to someone who was an early queer black activist, uh, an AIDS activist. Uh, he's still at age 77, a vibrant part of the black queer community and the black community in Los Angeles, uh, Bishop Carl Bean. Uh, Bishop Bean also uh, was responsible for one of the first early uh, anthems of uh, the gay uh, culture and movement uh, early on, and it was known as I Was Born This Way. This past weekend in West Hollywood, uh, West Hollywood Mayor Lindsay Horvath uh, was paying tribute to um, pop singer Lady Gaga's 10th anniversary of her album entitled Born This Way with a street painting on Robertson, uh, and Lady Gaga was in attendance. Uh, and Lady Gaga pointed out uh, to the audience that was gathered there on Robertson in front of the Abbey, as well as on her Instagram post later, that the inspiration for her album and her song was Pastor Bishop Dean's song, uh, and she drew her inspiration from that. As we approach Pride this year, as we approach the 40th anniversary of what became the AIDS pandemic, uh, I wanted to send an acknowledgement um, to Pastor Bishop uh, Bean for the incredible work and leadership and ministry at Unity Fellowship, which he founded uh, over the past 40 years, uh, not only for the community here in Los Angeles, uh, but across the United States and globally. Uh, so much tribute uh, to uh, Bishop Bean, and uh, quite frankly, on behalf of the Los Angeles Blade, uh, my staff, my crew, uh, our hats are off to you, sir. Yeah, no, it, I remember uh, Bishop Bean in, back in the day, actually. And, you know, it is funny, not funny, haha, but it is strange or interesting or maybe even bizarre that the L.A. Um, AIDS story has never really been told. I mean, it's, you know, we've had uh, things that have depicted the crisis through the eyes of San Francisco, through the eyes of New York, um, the most recent one in the UK, um, but they really have never told the LA story. Um, I've never seen it, and, um, you know, and other than through my own two eyes, but um, I think it's still a story that has to be told out there. Absolutely, and I, and I think that, you know, these days in particular, uh, we really, really need to uphold, um, you know, the the story of not only just the AIDS crisis here in Los Angeles, uh, but I also want to point out, and, I, and this is, I think, critically important, that we need to uplift uh, and and hold tight, you know, our, you know, brothers and sisters uh, in in the community. Uh, who are not afforded, uh, you know, the same signal boost as the rest of us, and particularly on this issue, uh, just as we've seen uh, currently with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, there has been a little bit uh, of an erasure. I know my staff and I have reported on this, and I think it's critically important that we footnote this and, and, and we, we, we cast a, a spotlight on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, there's stories to be told, um, and and they need they need to get out there, and we will help tell them. Quite frankly, um, so there you go. Okay, well, um, with that, um, I want to refocus our attention to actually the culture that stems out of New York and 
the ballroom culture and its modern day emergence. And it is probably in the most powerful way possible um, with the show called Legendary on HBO Max. And uh, with that, I want to welcome uh, Deshaun Wesley to the show. Deshaun? Hello, hello. There you are. Oh, my God. It's so incredible to talk to you. And I have to tell you, I am trying not to fanboy all over you. Uh, um, <laughs> you're, it's okay. I, Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, my pleasure. Your your show is like a drug. I mean, if you start <laughs> watching it, it's like you just you just want to lay there and keep it coming. I mean, it is so incredibly powerful. Um, mm. And your legacy with it, I, I I am dying for you to jump out in center stage and just you know start dancing and take it over at some point because um, I've seen the videos of you, you yourself. Um, can you take us back to how you started with, um, um, and I know you were like a teenager when you actually mm-hmm. came into that ballroom culture. Mm-hmm. I, um, well, I, I, I take it back to a moment where, um, again, I was a 14 year old teenager trying to find myself and I couldn't find myself in a place of Brooklyn, you know, of New York where I was born and raised and, um, you know, I didn't find that sense of comfortability there. I didn't find anyone who was, you know, who would who would act like me, move like me, talk like me. So I found that in the West Village in New York City. So that was my safe haven, going to the village and on Christopher Street and meeting friends. And when I went out there for the very first time, you know, experiencing life and trying to understand who I was, um, I went out to the West Village and I seen this group of people following this one man with a boombox playing music and it was push and play and they were all just following him and they stopped at the uh, the piers and created this big circle and just started to vogue. And that was my first kind of like exposure to it, to the style and to the, the life and the, the activity of it. And from that day forward, I went back every day and and went to the village so I can understand the culture and understand how I can involve myself with it. I made friends and and started a community around it too. So it was, it was so interesting learning then and seeing a difference for how it is now. Yeah, it's well. Yeah, I can I can only imagine the discipline. Um, I watched a video of you um, that that was just you um, voguing, mm-hmm. and it was oh my god, you're it, it's. I mean, your your perfection of your moves and your athleticism and your rhythm and everything that goes into that. I mean, it's, um, it's amazing. You actually have, (laughs) go ahead. Sorry. No, I was was just going to say, you know, at at the same time, you know, you know, I'm a host of the the show and everything. And I also host balls and commentate the ballroom scene as well too on the microphone, but I'm a competitor as well. So before I grabbed that microphone, I was sitting there battling everyone that I can get to, you know? (laughs) So, uh, no, <laughs> which is, you know, it's only fair. I mean, it's only fair mm-hmm. that while you're standing up there with the mic that you know what they're going through out there. I oh, mean, yeah. that's, yeah. So, um, As the critique is coming I'm through, sure I can just are... say, like, I totally understand, so I can make sure it's guided so that I can understand what's being told. Well, you have become kind of like the emissary of ballroom to the world. I mean, there's so many people, you know, myself included, I don't claim to be, some expert on it, I probably know enough to be dangerous. Um, but, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's like 
it is it is a subculture that has been part of Americana for decades, and so mm-hmm. much of America doesn't even know about it. And you kind of emerged both part of it, but also as an explainer of it. Um, is that a is that a fair characterization? Yo, definitely. I, um, I find myself as you know, as as more light that shines on our community. You know, it it's it would be warranted for every leader or every person who's representing this culture to, you know, go in and make sure they understand where to find the culture, what the wording, how do we inspire and how long we've been existing for that people really didn't know and people are getting exposed to it now. But, you know, we've been going on for many, many years and, you know, as being one of the leaders in this community, um, as well as a long, a long list of others, like, you know, it's my job, my duty to make sure that if I'm going to be sitting on a platform so big to have a show running, you know, I can go and teach the world, you know, how we are and how we move and motivate and how we became to be in such a, a community on such a, a big place today. Yeah, no, it's super important. And it's super it, it kind of difficult in a way because I feel the more I've seen – legendary and and seeing kind of more of the authentic ballroom and and what it really is i realize how much of it's been appropriated in different pop culture things that don't necessarily even connect back to it kind of mm-hmm. steal parts of it and run um you know mm-hmm. i don't and, and maybe you can explain this to me it's like the song when Madonna came out with the song in Vogue, was that an appropriation? Was that a tribute? Was it, how did that play well, into the culture? I'll take it back to those moments then. Cause even like, you know, I still, I still am friends are very cool and uh, still to this day perform with Jose Extravaganza, who was one of the people who went on tour with Madonna. Um, during that time, you know, or during that 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 moment in time where Jose and um, and them had the opportunity to go on tour with Madonna, she was inspired by going to the clubs and she's seen, you know, what we do naturally. Like so, before we became right. so exposed with being on television today, we used to be in the clubs, creating our own circles, battling one another, and you know, you know, this is how this is how we communicate with one another. And she seen this in one of the clubs that she went to, and she wanted this a part of her performances. And, again, it's so interesting about having these lines about inclusion and appropriating or what lines. What that did was expose us to the world about community or again style that people may see only in specific places. And what happens is what become the appropriation things about it is that you don't uh, – people who decide that they want to implement it or put it inside their performances or production – sometimes miss the mark of uh, identifying where it comes from or identifying the mm-hmm. people where they're with or, or letting them know exactly what's the source of how it comes about. Because, yes, we know that you went to the club, but there's more conversations that with w- within this because Jose is a Hall of Famer within our, within our community. So for him to have this opportunity to be on such a platform, you know, for this world to see for the first time on tour, I felt like it should have been explained more because then people think that me, Madonna created Vogue. Right, and, and that's not exactly. the case. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's it, not the case. And um, I love what you just said, though, because it, to me, that's that is what I see when I see the real, the real Vogue and the real uh, ballroom is 
you know, it's not just the performance, not the superficial thing. And I made a, a crass comment about dancing to the stars and, you know, I know it's a great program mm-hmm. and all that, but the thing that, and I'm to, to be really honest, I'm not a big fan of dancing to the stars because it's like, it's a great dance technique. And, you know, you see a famous person out there, you know, sort of maybe not stumbling around like you think they might or whatever. But when I watch the, the the houses on Legendary, I'm looking at the house. I'm looking at the mm-hmm. the this group of people who chose a family themselves to be part of, you know, and you know they don't come from, you know, you know, privilege, and you know it's like they have they've built these these bonds, and that happens before anything performance happens. And can mm-hmm. you talk? about the houses themselves and how they're structured, how they come about, their their legacy? Well, you know, it's 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 created within the bonds that you have with either friendship or the family that you create because what happens is, you know, again, when it comes to ballroom, there's a family that you can create. So, you know, you can start your own house if you decided that you want to. And you started with the people that you know and how you want to move and how you want the talent to move forward. So, you know, it, it is – you know, it's it's structured as having an overall mother and father, and this is the person that is the two people who are being seen as the, the leaders of this big, huge house. And you have divisions as well, too. So, you know, it really depends on how you want to structure your own uh, event as far as putting it together. Now, me per se, because I'm a part of a house as well, too, and I have my own, like, legacy, my own kids and everything that I want to do. Uh, I, I enjoy balling with my friends and the people that, like, want to compete because I'm a competitor as well. And, you know, one thing that we do is that, you know, we have the, the dinners. We have the week out, hang out and, at, um, at events and go and perform together and, you know, have our uh, outing nights and our, our, you know, outing events. But at the same time, when we go inside that room, we are representing us as one whole entity. And, you know, one thing that we want to do, yes, we want to win everything, but we want to make sure that moments are being made. And what is ha- happening definitely on this television show is, um, I'm seeing my friends and my people that I've been around for so many years and people even before me come on the stage and have an opportunity to do something in such a way where we never had. So now we get to be on national television and you get to see how the House of Dark Song moves or the House of Mugler or the House of Balenciaga. Right. And, you know, you, you get to see the movement in, in different ways of how we all create under one accord. So it, it's just so interesting. Yeah. And you get to choose your family. Yeah, it's it, and, and I think that's so important that that aspect of it is because it's um, it's it's kind of something that the whole LGBT population has brought to our, our culture because so many of us have that background of of being rejected by our natural families and having to go out and survive and emotionally survive by connecting with a new family and, and redefining how deep those families are, which are oftentimes more deep than, than blood relations. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, you talked about the, the people on the show. Um, I know you and Leomi, uh, um, who's one of the judges, quite a background. Um, how mm-hmm. did you, you guys come together and what is the, your experience with her specifically? Um, me and Naomi go so far back. Um, talk about teenage years. Um, 
you know, again, with the community that we are a part of, you know, I come from Brooklyn, New York. Um, we, after, you know, before us heading out into these times, there used to be drop-in centers for us to, to go to, to where we can sit, eat, and, um, eat, you know, get our education as far as writing resumes or filling down college applications. And, and they would also give opportunities to sit and dance and vote once we completed these tasks. And, you know, I can say places like uh, Hetrick Martin Institute and uh, GMAC were these drop-in centers, and they would let us sit and just dance until we couldn't dance no more or until it was time to go. But uh, I met Laomi, you know, in, at HMI, Hedrick Martin Institute, when we were teenagers, and we loved the style. And we used to always go there and play the beats with them. We used to always just, you know, vogue amongst one another. And it's just so interesting that the relationship that we created back then, we would never know that it would be so amazing now. But, you know, one thing I did was support her her journey in the community because, like, she didn't have a great time within the community, but she was a battle cat where people had no choice but to, like, understand her. And being as an MC and also a competitor as well, who I supported her, we've been with each other, even from different television shows to now, 10 years later, from being on America's Best Dance Group to us here. It's just uh, just amazing. It's a tenfold, and we're always thankful. And we, in the back, you know, when we're behind the scenes or, you know, backstage on our dressing room, we always grab each other's hands and be like, you know, sis, we did it. You know, we're making sure we're carrying our community. We're making sure we're, we're representing ourselves and everyone else in such a right way. So we always have our own. Yeah, it's 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 actually really cool to see. It's not like it's not like you guys spawn each other over each other on camera or or you know is anything really obvious. But you can still just feel it, and it's like it's it's. Mm-hmm. Just the rapport is 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 really cool, and um and she's awesome too. I mean, I just I, yeah. I think she's stunning, and I just you know I'm I'm you know like like I said I'm I'm trying to keep my fanboy yeah. <laughs> at bay here. <laughs> um, so um, you have to rule over quite a panel. I mean, in terms of not only are you MC, but you're kind of you know monitoring the group. Um, I mean, your judges are, every one of them is what I would kind of think of as almost like a spitfire. Um, and I have to say, mm-hmm. um, um, La Roche is, is probably my favorite. Um, mm. he is, he, I mean, if, if you guys were American Idol, I think he'd be Simon Cowell. I mean, <laughs> is, is, is that a fair characterization or do I have him wrong? Oh, it's, it's, it's perfect. Law is himself nonstop, all day, every day. And that's just what makes it so perfect because, you know, of course everyone looks at, oh, my God, he's the evil guy, he's saying this, he's saying that. But, you know, a lot of times he's saying what people actually want to say and they really just don't. Uh-huh. And he just finds unique ways to jar it in. But the the judges, it's, it's again, it's the family you create. From season one to season two, you know, from Jamila, Megan, Law, and you know, Laomi, regardless of her, you know, we have our our now our bonding moments to where we are family, even outside of the legendary you know show, because you know we are in such an amazing place, and and they're so open to you know even if it's things that they don't know, little small pieces, they they do their research to find out so they will know. And it's yeah, so interesting it's, how I mean, some you know a, a lot of people feel like the judges are are not involved, they don't know. But these judges have been involved in quite some time, like Law, who's been, you know, a spectator of the scene for so long, Jamel, who's went to balls, and Megan, who has people that have worked in her 
her uh, her team who's a part of the Bowman as well too, her legend and stuff. So it's it's all over, and people just never understand that. Yeah, it's I, you know it, when I first started watching it and I saw the judges and they had opinions and you know every once in a while it would it, you'd get sort of a feel of of a different perspective each judge was mm-hmm. was bringing to it and I know also I think um, you guys caught some flack from the community itself at one point that a couple of them weren't you know pure enough or whatever um, mm-hmm. you know and you had to to justify their why why they were on and 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 justifiably right. so in that you want diversity on the panel. I mean you want that mm-hmm. that different those different eyes and per, perspective. Um, but even that um, like um, Megan the Stallion um, comes from hip hop, which has not always been the friendliest culture um, mm-hmm. to the ballroom scene um, is is actually kind of astounding. Mm-hmm. It actually just shifted the the ideology of what we already know because it's like right now, you know, Baum goes through a generational shift and, you know, it has an urban background for many years right now. And, you know, we're influenced by these artists. We use the artist's music for us to even participate in certain categories that we do. So it's perfect that Megan Stallion have a song called Body, so now we can play this song while we're having this category back. So it's an influential moment that, you know, now that Megan is aware of this and she has an eye out on this, she's now able to use, you know, to bridge the gap between her community and the people that she may uh, know that may not know about this scene. So now they understand what's happening and how this scene yeah. has influenced even hip-hop. I, and that's the way it has to be. I mean, we've got to see this artistic, um, um, you know, convergence um, between these different things. And I mean, and watch them mm-hmm. evolve. I mean, I think that's that's incredibly exciting, and it's, it's part of it. And, and speaking of songs, I, it's like I, I was sort of um, sometimes I don't catch on to things really quickly. And after a few of the watching the few of the sessions, realizing that you're actually doing the singing in the final, the final challenge there. And it was like, mm-hmm. I mean, your voice is so awesome. Just like, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I actually look forward to the, that final showdown between the, the bottom two, because you get to sing. It's like, so, <laughs> you know, I call it the hype man, you know, you know, at the end is that final chance. And, and I, like, I try to make sure they are going out there and putting their best vote forward. And, you know, I actually get excited for doing those moments as well, too, because, you know, this is what I'm, I'm, we regularly do in the scene. At those moments, I, you know, you pipe everyone up, you get the judges excited, you get the audience excited, you get the participants excited, and, you know, I, I love those moments as well. I listen to it back at home on the speakers, you know? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I No, absolutely. Cause it, it, and you do that. That is exactly what happens. You get it pumped. I mean, it is like, the, I mean, not... It, I mean, it's a tense moment anyway, because we probably should explain the structure is that um, so the different houses compete um, in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they come out, they get judged, and the, the judges throw up their paddles with their their numbers, and it's sort of Olympics-like in, in that way. And and if you watch Pose, you see, it, see how it was done in, in Pose, et cetera. But um, then the final, the bottom two houses have to nominate one person and they each go mm-hmm. up against each other in this final moment, and that's when um, um, Deshaun um, sings over it. And it's 
it's already exciting because this is it. Somebody's going home. These guys are representing their houses. And and then mm-hmm. you're you just you just are the icing that like brings it home. <laughs> I mean it's like you know it's like pulse rate. I always put them in a place that uh it's it's at that very last moment. Sometimes the people in the audience or people at home are just like they don't want their the house that they've been watching the whole time to go home. So you know you you're, you're on edge and you're kind of like really anticipating or like hungry about like oh my gosh I don't want them to go home what's going to happen so. I just those that, those moments in Bowen is exciting, and we get to see that now at the redemption battles at the end. So they got one last moment to save the house, and if they can do it by battling down, by all means, go off. <laughs> that's that's awesome. So in the in the course of of the two seasons, have you um, have you been in sync with what the judges come up with, or are there times when um, the judges have judged one way, and you're like going, oh no, not Either these guys weren't that good, or or oh my God, you're 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 oh drilling down that's somebody. That's the other thing I love about here. the show. I love about the show because you never know what's going to occur. You never know. Like I can like a performance, and the judges could think completely different. I I actually find it so so interesting. I always know the judges' mood. You know, when we're shooting the show, um, you know, everyone gets to perform. And uh, once they finish performing, I'll come back on stage in terms of the judges and start asking questions. But, you know, if the judges are really into it, you can feel the vibe. And if they're not into it, it's like, oh, just get ready for the last thing that just may come because it can come anyway. So that's why, like, you know, I have my natural, authentic reactions to what the judges are saying because I'm sometimes blown away (laughs) by what law says. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like what? Oh my god! Okay. Well, I figure <laughs> I, I figure I'm in that so position. <laughs> well, it's like when I watch the show Chopped, which is you know a, I'm a total foodie among other things. Mm-hmm. It's like and and I'll see the 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 plates in front of the judges there, and I have to realize that there's one aspect that I can't experience is like what the hell does the thing actually taste like? And so when right. when I watch Legendary. I do realize I'm not sitting in front of these guys and there's connection that they have to be making that, you know, mm-hmm. even the best camera work is not going to quite put you there the way the, the right. judges see it. So, so, oh, so I give them, oh. give them, give them that. Oh my gosh. So, but, so I, I, listen, I, when I go back on that stage, I know the vibe of the judges. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So I know it's about to come. So law, give it to me. Uh, you know, Jamila been letting us have it now too. So I'm like, Jamila, what's going on, girl? So, it, so it, tell it, us it, what it, happens backstage when, because some of their their rulings have got to be unpopular backstage off camera. How much of that do you have to deal with? Um. Well, you know, interesting enough, you know, you kind of, you know, when the staging and definitely you get behind stage, if a house is really upset or they don't, uh, you know, not feeling something, they definitely let the, the cameras know once they get off stage. Because once you pop off, the camera's right there to interview and what's going on. Um, but, you know, I don't get much of the interaction because, you know, I'm still making sure everyone's still going, uh, you know, the world's happening. But when you hear the things in the background, oh, these houses don't have no problem this season. We're letting everybody know how they feel. Right. So you right. can see this in, in between takes of the show of, like, you know, when someone says, oh, this house is the, great, the best for the night behind the scenes, someone may be like, what, what, are you serious? So it, it, <laughs> it, 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 you'll see everything. 
Yeah, and I've caught those. I mean, it's, and it's, sometimes it's not even something they say. They just flash on a face, and the look on the mm-hmm. face is like, mm, I don't think It's so. like you're catching the mood of the room. There's an elephant in the room. What's happening here? <laughs> That's awesome. So I wanted to ask you, I want to step back to one thing in your career, um, because you were also part of the, the you know, culture-breaking, you know, legendary pose. Um, you played a part on there as Shadow Wintour. Um, what, what was that like, first of all, to be part of pose? But also, what, what do you see the difference between the depiction of ballroom through poses lens and through legendary's lens? Well, I'll say um, Pose was such a great and amazing experience. Again, it's like, you know, had the opportunity to play a character and bring a character to life, you know, uh, thanks to, you know, Janet Mock, Ryan Murphy, and Stephen Canal to, you know, seeing, you know, a, a character and presenting him to me and allowing me to do, you know, as I please with Shadow. And, you know, I, I say Shadow plays the person that I would love to be in Ballroom, but I'm really not. So in Ballroom, I'm a sweetheart. But on, on Pose, I'm Shadow just, I like to interrupt. <laughs> you know, we like to shake things up a little bit. So I had the opportunity to, you know, be someone or play a character, and definitely during that time. So, and this goes back to that time period. Again, um, I was able to put my little sprinkles on Shadow and bring him to life and to have ballroom be shown in so many different ways so again with pose it's being a time period piece being told so it's telling a story of what happened with ballroom back in the 80s and bringing it to the 90s of the early 90s and where it took place from and yes a lot of stories that you see on that show yes it occurred yes we still talk about it today and yes we have these moments where we can explain about it um thing about legendary what people like as well is that it it shows what's happening now compared to what, what Pose was showing back then. Um, right. Now, yes, still to this day, we use a scoring system of 10s and, and all that, but we change things up so much now um, with Ballroom today. And Legendary gives a, a peek into what's happening with Ballroom today of, you know, maybe people that they've seen on YouTube clips or uh, behind an artist or in a commercial of them voting and now get an opportunity to see them on this Legendary runway. And it's so interesting because, you know, once, you know, Pose and Legendary is done and off, we're still attending balls and, and competing against one another. So we see each other every day, but this platform gives us an opportunity to see what's going on with the now. So Pose yeah. tell what's yeah. happened back then, the stories that brought up to what's happening with Legendary today and why we're occurring this thing. No, perfect. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and I, I, I appreciate Pose um, because of what it brings into the – the culture that how it was affected by HIV and AIDS in the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously legendary is, has moved beyond that to, um, I mean, it, it's, it's still everybody there and raw in their heart and their experience and, and um, their, their whole life experience shows up with them. But right. it isn't just that, that one specter sitting in the, in the back of the room. Um, right. Can you, can you give um, – so people watching the show and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, you don't have to know anything about Vogue to appreciate what comes out on stage because, I mean, it is mm-hmm. big and bright and the, the costumes are fantastic and the movement is synchronized and, and, and you know, it's just majestic. 
But if you were sitting there and watching it, you know, as as a a knowledgeable person, what what are the elements of of um, a vogue that you need to be watching for? What do they? What are they supposed to do to hit those excellent marks? Well, what happens is, as, as a viewer, I think what we want to do is, and I, I'm tr- definitely trying to find, find wiggle ways to address the audience. You know, I kind of like address the audience as being a judge and what you're looking for. You know, again, you know, I try to explain how the category goes down before the uh, how to participate. But when you're looking for these elements, you know, definitely if you go back to last season, I do an element breakdown within um, – the series of, um, I mean, the last season of, oh gosh, uh, the side series, you'll see me break down what's hand performance, what's catwalk, and what's duck walk. So, you know, basically, if you're a fan of the show and you go back to season one, you can get the information that you need. So that way, when you come back to the show, you'll know what you're watching. So there's a breakdown right. of, of how each and every move is executed. So when you do have an opportunity to see it, or if you've seen for the first time, you can um, understand that when an element is being called, you know, I always try to tap into Leone to explain what's going on. So I'd like, Leone, you know, tell us what face is. You know, and Leone had to break down, you know, face all about your skin, your smile, your teeth, or Leone, what's floor performance? And she's saying about the situation, your movements and poses. So it, it's always a quick breakdown I try to give, and by tapping into certain things that can be explained. So when you get it immediately, you're a judge. So what are you looking for? Just listen <laughs> up to the little details, and you can find it. Yeah, no, and you do it. You actually do an excellent job of that because it's. Um, I actually wrote down my list from watching on on the the Vogue elements. Um, you know, oh, catwalk, hands, duck walk, floor performance, and spins and dips. So yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know your elements, man. Next thing you do is you do your elements now. <laughs> yeah, well, I know what they are. It's like I I. I don't know if you could get me off the floor after a duck walk. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so we'll see. Nice. I, I leave that to to my appreciation rather than my attempt of it. So, um, Brody, did you have anything you wanted to ask? I'm sort of. I just realized I'm like. Uh, so I'm just sitting here very quietly. Well, no, I'm playing spectator. Deshaun, good afternoon. It's very nice to meet you, sir. Hey, Brody. Um, <laughs> One of the things that, you know, I'm going to point out to our listeners, at the beginning of the 20th century, a distinctly black LGBTQ culture took place in Harlem, and it was known as the Harlem Renaissance. And the intellectual, cultural, and artistic movement that took root uh, in those neighborhoods uh, set off a flurry of literature, art, music, and dance centered around black life. Some of the early Mm -hmm. movement uh, leaders back then were Angela Ward Grimmicky, Claude McKay, Langston Hughes, Wallace Thurman, mm-hmm. Alice Dunbar Nelson, among others. Over the years, Harlem continued to be a vibrant site of this LGBTQ art, activism, and culture, particularly since it offered a new language, it challenged social structures, and it demonstrated the ways that race, gender, sex, sexuality distinctions were actually intersecting, fluid, and constantly evolving. So, it was really no surprise that Harlem became the birthplace of Vogue, which became the highly stylized form of dance created by black and Latino LGBTQ communities. Between the 1960s and 1980s, New York drag competitions, known as balls, transformed mm-hmm. from elaborate pageantry into these Vogue battles. 
as part of this uh, ballroom culture, black and Latino voters would compete for trophies and the reputation of their houses, as Deshaun has explained, and groups that would complete were actually part of an affiliation or a surrogate family. And it was named after the famous fashion magazine because of the poses that were highly stylized from ancient Egyptian art and exaggerated uh, gestures and things like that. So here's my explanation to our listeners, but to you, Deshaun, here's my question. Mm -hmm. Of what you do for the show in both seasons, how much of the homage to the legacy of the Harlem Renaissance do you give, and is that an integral part of what goes on with the show and paying homage to that legacy? Well, number one, we we try to do with what that happens is number one, we don't have opportunity to see ourselves on television at all, and now we're getting these chances to to see this. Um, at, at many moments, we try to bring by the themes and some of the things that we do to pay homage to many moments that uh, that's happened and occurred definitely within the culture and also outside of it. So even like one of the episodes. Um, you know, someone dedicated uh, a movement or something to someone within our community who's done so much of an impact for us and it changed. And, and like you just explained earlier, if you ever go back to the movie Queen, you'll see um, the whole rundown with Crystal Libation, what's the reason why the bomb culture was created. And that's the first sort of like piece of footage that we have that explains what was going on. Because it's even written in, in, in the book, I forgot specifically where of even uh, Langston Hughes attending the drag balls. Because it, it was it was once a time where people can go for entertainment and we've noticed the shift that was going on now, again, because of how we're being treated and how the, the people in our community of the, the black or Latino community, this is why, you know, this world had to be created for our own. So we have little moments where we can specifically dive back in. Like, for example, season one, we had a shade room. And this shade room was just filled with um, of paying homage to the history and culture of our community. We had huge um, pictures of Willie Ninja, uh, Pepper La Beja, Crystal La Beja, Davis Pendavis all around the room, and we had information. So not at the same time that we're educating the world, we still have to educate those who are behind the scenes as well, too. The opportunity to do so. So any moments or any gap where we have that chance to let people know about the change and how we're still um, implementing what we know from then to now, we we showcase that in every way. And, you know, all, everyone's always going to go back to Crystal La Beja because she was that pinpointing one to – to change that narrative of not getting the fair treatment when participating in the, in the scene. So we okay. try many moments to pick right back into there. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Rob. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and, and I, I appreciate I think a lot of the artistic expressions and a lot of the, the um, uh, specific events on the show. I mean, I definitely saw, you know, the, like a lot of the Harlem, Harlem themes, come up um with different houses um and mm-hmm. they portrayed you know so i mean it's I, I i think it's hard to to not see it um you know it just knowing something about it i mean if you don't know uh, you won't know to look for it but um i think i think it's there um i just and one of the things you know away. not to change you know it it still happens in harlem like new york city is still one of the uh, Mecca birthplace of ballroom. So, you know, when, you know, ball still happens in New York City, there's even monuments and plots where balls used to take place. I believe uh, we have this young girl called the Kiki scene. Uh, I forgot the name of the building. It's not ringing to my head just now, but it, the balls used to take place, yeah, like, many, many years ago. And um, 
what happened was they built a tent up and we had a re-celebration of of that moment in time where equality used to take place. And we're talking like back in the 60s and we were recreated by going back to that plot and explaining to those why we went back to that moment. And it still happens. And it's one of the still the big birthing places of ballroom. Yeah, it's, I, I and shooting a little bit, um, with the houses themselves, I was, I just, I love the reality of, the people that that are part of it because it's like you're not getting sanitized vision of life um and 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 part of it watching the show you realize how much of that you get everywhere else because it's like Mm -hmm. you're starting to get like like real people with with real lives here that you know are not just you know you know everything's been pristineized for for television consumption, but it's like the the um, the mother of the um, the house um, Balenciaga mm-hmm. <laughs> story. Oh my god! I was like watching it. It's like where she said, yeah, "Oh yeah, I just got out of prison where I you know, I embezzled like several million dollars," and it's like. What? Mm-hmm. I, I know it's a, a shocking story, but it's much more that you, like you can hear and learn, you know, about survival. And to hear yeah, that exactly. national, like, oh. mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean it's just it's it's just huge. I mean it's just real, and it's like, and it is it is about it is about contestants who are out there not just surviving this contest, but they've obviously survived life, and that's just it's just so has so much depth to it. It's so, so many levels that that you just don't get in any other art form. Um, so anyway, it's, the, you'd think there was a question in there, but I, I don't know that I had one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Deshaun, how many houses are out there? I mean, just from the, the perspective of legacy and, you know, future seasons, how many, what, what is your pool like of possible houses bring on to compete um we can it's so interesting um there is a number of houses that are out there right now and i like i can't put the number because there's so many more new houses that was just created <laughs> so you know we can go on for a few more seasons before we actually go on to like a you know, let's just say, oh, my God, let's go to an all-star. Let's bring some people back now. You know, we can go for a few more seasons because we have that many number of houses. And that's just, you know, on a United States base. If we decided to even open up to go international, you have, you know, original base houses that are out of the country as well, too. So the expansion can be even wider and larger. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It's, uh, um, and and I, I, by the time you get there, um, I'm, just because of the show itself, I'm sure people will be out forming their own houses with the intent of trying to get onto the show. I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a chicken and egg thing. And I'm not kidding. I really think that will will happen because, to your point, you now have a platform that, you know, people can see. And um, um, I think that's super exciting. Where does the world of drag and, like, the RuPaul stuff and the world of ballroom intersect or diverge, or are they branches of the same tree? What, what, what is the, the connection in your mind? Well, the connection that happens with the drag culture, definitely with the ballroom community as well, is, um, you know, 
we have categories for people who like to participate in up and drag categories. We have like, you know, face categories, fashion category, runway, you know, dance categories, performance voguing, you know, uh, that kind of intertwines, you know, what happens with our community because we don't just cover one spectrum. We cover all spectrums of the diaphragm here when it comes to the LGBTQIA you know, community, you know? Um, so, Anyone can have an opportunity to indulge. This is why, like, on the show on Legendary, you have student houses that have, um, you know, people who just ideally only love doing drag. Like, for example, the House of Garçon. Come to Garçon. You have Milan, um, who's in the House of Garçon for this season, and she's a drag performer. She's a runway person. She knows what she likes. She knows what she loves. And, you know, you have people who are from the drag race culture who love Milan because they mention it. And, you know, again, you know, it, it's we have ways where we peer small things in. Uh, an example is sometimes at certain balls we decide to, uh, we can throw an event and have a lip sync category, which we do sometimes in a ballroom culture with um, people with a drag suit can come and compete and have a category and battle it down for that as well. So um, it has its ways where it's intertwined. And because of our wordings and what we use and how we use things, and because of our communities and how close niche we are, this is why when people start saying, oh, my God, you're giving me, uh, I don't know, um, oh, my gosh, Pink Panther realness, you know, <laughs> you know that the realness aspect comes from our community where we have a category which is judging you on the physical appearance if people can tell that you are from the community or not. So, you know, it's just, also the directive of how it all meets into one. Yeah, it's and the one thing that I just loved so much is how it is so blended and so kind of understated in a way who is who and whose background is what. And it's like, I don't know, honestly, half the time from the cisgendered women to uh, the transgender women, I, I don't know. You know, it's like they're beautiful. They're all beautiful. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and more to the point, after watching for, for a few minutes, I don't care. <laughs> it's like it's, it's just to experience that talent. And, you know, and, um, you know the, the, the authenticity and, and integration of everybody together is exciting that it's, it is just part of the fabric. It isn't made a big deal of, or it's not like, a, mm-hmm. you know, somebody walks center stage and it's like, Oh, that's the transgender person of the, of, of the house. You know, it's, it's no, I, it seems much one more thing integrated. About, yeah. One thing about our community, again, if you, we have how our categories are stated and how they're written down. And if you can, if you fit within that mold of the category, I was written, you know how to participate in the scene, you can go ahead and do it. And if you have a creative mind to set aside from what everyone does is what makes you so unique. So this is what, you know, if, you know, it can ha- have a category description of, you know, we're all red, but someone can take the idea of we in red to a completely different world, a different imagination place. So, uh, so I think it's it's amazing that like we don't we acknowledge about who who does something at that time and what they do and what that moment and how it's being presented. Do you do you feel like people's pain of where they come from and what they've been through comes through on a higher level of artistic um, expression creativity as a result of that? I mean, is it is it are the two not real? Are, 
are the two related? Oh, yes, they're related a lot. Uh, and if, you know, if people have an opportunity to speak to, you know, people of the culture of the scene, you know, a lot of people don't have a lot of, you know, great backgrounds. So, like, you know, people come from different ways and different cultures and different places and backgrounds. But definitely when you come inside this room, you know, this gives you that moment of celebration. This gives you that moment of taking a, a talent or uh, pushing yourself forward from something you might, might have been scared of. Or maybe, you know, as a performer, my anger comes out in me competing or my frustration comes out in me competing. And mm-hmm. I, I know some friends who say they cannot compete unless they got something to compete over. And if, <laughs> you know, my friend says, oh, my gosh, I'm, I was just mad today. I just want to vote. And they go out battle and win the money and forget what happens. You know, so, you know, you, you're still working off the backing of, of, of what I have never experienced in real life. This is my opportunity to experience for a little bit of time. Or we have this community, this room that's going to celebrate an opportunity for me to be myself. We don't get many moments outside, outdoors. So we've created that inside of a place in our own atmosphere. Usually people have to deal with the, the stigma of, you know, you know, the homophobia, the transphobia, the, the thing that, you know, the, how, how hard we have to fight just to get the extra dollar or to work the, the natural everyday job that someone else does. We now have a room where we can just celebrate one another and be who you are, express how you do. And if you're a talented baby, show that on the runway, and the people are, will, will accept it. Right. No, and, and that, that absolutely comes through. Um, Deshaun, it's, we are almost up on our hour, and you've been so incredible. You are incredible, and, you know, I'm, um, I'm absolutely in awe on every aspect of your talent, from your, your consummate host, um, your voice is incredible, and um, when you move, it's like it's it's all beyond. It's just beyond. Um, <laughs> so it's like it can't can't say enough. And the show, since obviously that's what we're talking about, is phenomenal. And everybody needs to if they don't want to watch anything else on HBO Max, they need to sign up just for Legendary. I mean, it is, yes. it is worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but in, in the last few minutes that we have, what have we not asked you that we should be asking about? Um, uh, oh, my gosh, I feel like you hit everything on the nail. As, as far as, you know, what's to come, I, I just can't wait for everyone to see the outcome of the show. It's been so amazing. These houses brought it to, like, 150% this season. I, I can't. It blows my mind just to see them go on stage and perform, you know, even better this year. So I just can't wait for everyone to see what's to come of the show and so much more left. So you're going to be very excited, and, um, yes, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, no, I I cannot, I literally cannot wait. Um, It is awesome. And I, I, I can't even emphasize this enough. It's like I know I'm going on and on like an idiot, about it, but it's like, okay. it is so authentic. I mean, it's like, you know, and I'm, I'm a junkie and it's like in terms of, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race and different, you mm-hmm. know, reality shows and performance art and all that sort of stuff. And the stuff you see on Legendary has such layers to it and such depth. It's like, it, it's just so moving. I literally could not get enough. I mean, it was like, it was like mm-hmm. adrenaline incentive 
um, watching it. So anyway. <laughs> thank you, so, thank you. Sarah, I my... told you my last thing is to change the ideology of how hosts host show. We can be just as entertaining as the judges as well too, because we know they're going to give you entertainment. Oh. So. Yeah, definitely. I just the, as they just need to put you out center stage where you can vogue and dance and you know <laughs> take a moment because it's just like it's just and I'm sure that will will happen and I'm sure you'll have other places to exhibit that. But it just uh, yeah and uh, and you you do some pretty awesome costumes yourself. I mean you you're not out Thank there you. looking shabby. So <laughs> so you yeah Thank you, you so well. much. <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, so, I, again, I want to thank you so much for being on um, our show today. Um, I am so excited for what the future holds. Uh, I think a legendary is going to go on forever, um, and I'm sure there are going to be multiple chapters for you. You are such an awesome talent. Yes. And more importantly, I think what you're doing to our culture is absolutely vitally important. And I think you are going to underwrite a consciousness in this country that we need to have. And it's going to come from that kind of experience as much as it is from political, intellectual, um, and social awareness stuff. Um, so I, I have to thank you deeply for, um, for doing that and for being there and your, your artistic activism. Um, it's, it's really, really, really superb. Um, thank you so, so much. So thank thank you thank you and uh, for for us at Rated LGBT Radio um, that's it for us this week um, I want to thank Brody for everything he does um, he's also editor of the LA Blade so um, read his newspaper um, and he would appreciate that um, and I, also for everything he does to produce his show um, incredibly incredibly valuable again um, you do want to watch Legendary. Um, it is on HBO Max, um, and I'm sure that isn't far hard to figure out how to get onto there. Um, it is worth it. Deshaun, where where are you in terms of the season? Are there more new ones to come? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Are there, are there new episodes to come on Legendary, or is the complete season out on HBO right oh, now? Oh, no, it's new episodes to come. We're going to be going on for the next couple weeks again, so uh, just be ready because it's coming. It's coming. It's coming, and you want to watch it. As for us, we'll be yes, back sir. here again next week with an incredibly wonderful show, and I have no idea what it's going to be about. But I can tell you it'll be great. So for all of us at Rated LGBT Radio, we will talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. Radio.